This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Crew Biscuits. I'm Stevie. And I'm Kevin. And today at the round table of dim lighting, we are talking all about Kevin. Kevin related topics only at this table. Um, Kevin, thank you for being here. I didn't give you much of a choice. Yeah, thank you for having me. Kevin-related topics are my favorite topics. So. <laughs> um, I must disclose, I just I just walked into the studio and said that I wet my hat, um, and that's because I literally put water on my hat, and you can see it, and I don't want comments about what that could be. It's water. I don't know what else it I said I've been be? sweating like a pig, so... It's hot. It's a hot one. It is hot. Yeah, it's really hot outside. We were shooting uh, yesterday outside in downtown Pomona the entire day, and at a certain point, your brain like mm-hmm. ceases to work. Mm-hmm. Like, my emailing, because I, I sit in the at Video Village in, in, the, in a chair, and they have a portable Wi-Fi, and I just have my computer, and I'm just reviewing videos and watching Bloody System at the same time. And at a certain point, I was just like, cannot, cannot process the notes that need to come out of my body onto this uh that sounded gross (laughs) and that is not what's on my hat i usually go for walks to get a little exercise in here at work every day (laughs) like around the like around the like burbank area (laughs) just around this area it's beautiful in the burbank area beautiful yeah and yesterday i went out and it was like 100 degrees or close to and i went around the corner here you know like 100 feet that way to the left we don't want to disclose what corner you (laughs) went around but the one here closest to the door yeah and then i went about another 200 feet and i saw mike sitting down on a brick wall like in a tiny patch of shade i'm putting my phone in my back pocket sorry and i said um he said hey kevin and i said hey mike and I was like, what do you do? And he's like, I tried to go for a walk, and this is as far as I made it. <laughs> I'm just sitting here in the sh- shade. <laughs> um, also, another fun fact before we go any further, there's a graphic on the mic right here that looks like a little butt. Do you oh, have one? Oh, yes, I do have a butt graphic. Do you know what that means? Um, hey. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, good guess, but it means like that is where... In order to get the best sound of this out of this mic, you have to talk right into the middle of it because the other oh. butt area that's not in the crack slash hole is a bad butt area to talk in. Okay, well, I will aim straight for the crack of the butt and I'll talk into it. Thank you. Um, so I said this last time on Crew Biscuits, but just to reiterate, uh, we are doing Crew Biscuits and other crew-themed uh, podcasts while we are in production on Buddy System. We're also product- in production on various other things. Uh, there are always so many things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, this morning, you participated in what was almost a brawl outside of my office door um, to get in to meet with me because I'm very popular. Yes. Um, you won. I did win. I had to bypass Annie, though. Yes. See, normally what we do is we go to Annie and we say, Annie, I need to talk to Stevie. And then she says, she looks at the schedule, and then she says, I can get you in at this time. And sometimes when Annie's not looking and I see your <laughs> door open, I just charge full speed into it. And I did that today, and it worked because Annie couldn't stop me. <laughs> she was just like, but no. she did. She screamed, no. She and then I slammed the door, and she could do nothing about it. But that's why Crew Biscuits exists. As I said before, I have no time. We all are busy, yes. and I am the worst at having a moment to sit down and talk to you guys. Um, and so that's why I wanted to take this opportunity. I 
I also realized like half an hour ago, the amount of stories that I know about you, I think the percentage <laughs> of the ones that are appropriate to talk about on the show, uh, th- th- that percentage is very Small. low, but we'll get some of the stories out. Um, okay. So uh, instead of going back to your birth story, let's not talk about your birth story because okay. that's seems like odd. Like we'll go back to like when you were a kid and where you It's more about from, my parents anyways. But like, yeah. Yeah, so- um, I wanted to talk about when I first met you. Okay. Because I went back through my inbox and Uh-oh. you had sent <laughs> an email to us in December of 2014. Yep. We were looking for a producer and editor for Ear Biscuits, mm-hmm. which is this podcast, kind of. Yes. Um, and I have your resume. <laughs> oh, no. And I also have <laughs> the cover letter that you wrote. Uh, so ear biscuits. I mean, I feel like, and you know what's so weird is that I was like, Kevin is an OG Mythical Crew member. Like, right. I feel like you've been here like for a very long time. I think there was like eight people that worked here when I started. Yeah, and it roughly. feels like forever ago. It really it does. does. And we were at our old studio, the old studio, which was not a studio at all. <laughs> no, it was like a house. It was like a. It was like a <laughs> weird, like the back part was like someone's apartment. Yes. And then the front part was like, it seemed like. A dental, like a really bad dental facility, or yes, somewhere that is what it felt where like. they like gave you drugs yes. or something. It was a, definitely a drug facility of some sort. <laughs> and you open the door, and there's just a wall, and you're like, oh. And then there's like a staircase that goes up, and you're like, okay, I guess I go that way. Uh, my biggest memory of that like specific little entry room that you're talking about, and I don't mean to throw this person under the bus, but I doubt <laughs> that they're listening to this. We had someone that was working for us for a very short period of time that mailed a package to ourselves oh yes <laughs> and i just in my mind like i see that entryway and i just see the package leaning up against the door because <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. i was the one who found it and i was like from mythical to mythical <laughs> yes. weird uh-huh. anyway um so then i was like well but when did ear biscuits start september i w- looked at the wiki page uh for ear biscuits oh, yeah. september 2013 um and that origin story, according to the wiki page, the origin story of Ear Biscuits is that they wanted to, like, tape their marriage counseling sessions, which don't oh. exist, but they wanted to <laughs> okay. to have them on the podcast. I don't even remember that being even a joke. Uh, no. But according to the wiki page, that's how the origin story is. But it was more like, I was like, hey, we should do a podcast. And they were like, nah. And I was like, come on, we should really do a podcast. Yeah. And they were like, nah. And then they came in one day and were like, remember how you were asking if we should do a podcast? We're going to do, do a it. podcast. Yeah. Um, anyway, so from September 2013 all the way until January 2015 when you joined, our editing system was a little bit odd. Yeah. I, and, and so like I was, I was producing the show, booking the guests, doing the research for people. And then I was paper editing the show. Yeah. And I remember I have an Instagram post from um, Harley Epic Mealtimes episode, mm. and it's uh, every f bomb that he said on the show, the time code of it. Yep. Like there were some like inventive curse words, <laughs> yeah. and it's just a sheet of paper with just like really horrible curse words <laughs> all over it with time codes. Doesn't surprise me. But anyway, you started in January 2015, and you took everything over from me and it was amazing i did yes i I have to tell you how i got the email okay but i don't know if you want to talk about the email first. no i I would love for you to 
to tell so me. it's it's a bit of a a long story but i'll i'll keep it to the highlights okay so this might step on some things you're going to ask me soon though Do, are we going back are we going back into like we're going back but you can go back before i go back we can go go back together okay. and i don't have to be the back let that me, goes back. Let me line up this back. butt crack here and we'll go back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Are you going to have a different voice? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to keep the same. I don't have okay. other voices. Okay. I only have one voice. Um, so that email went through like five Wait, people. Wait, which email are you talking the about? The email that you sent out looking for okay. a producer of Ear Biscuits. Okay, okay. It took, it went through like four or five people before it got to me. And it went through two of my friends before it got to me. Really? Yeah, you never knew this. No. I kept this secret until now because I knew one day I'd be on the Ear Biscuits podcast <laughs> telling you. Crew Biscuit. <laughs> Crew Biscuit. So I had been doing some editing work, some freelance mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And when the work, it was always like out here, it's always feast or famine. So I was in famine mode mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting any work. So I started putting out feelers to a bunch of my friends. And I was saying, hey, if anything pops up in line of editing or anything, just let me know. And I started getting desperate because, like, nothing was coming up. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I, I had a, a Trader Joe's application in the trunk of my car. Okay. And I was also collecting unemployment mm-hmm. at this time. So I went through great feast times. And then I just hit, like, this slump. And I was also kind of itching to get back into working with a team as mm-hmm. well. Instead of freelance editing by myself, it got kind of tiresome and lonely. So I was also looking for something specific, too. Um and then uh, I finally got uh, a forward message from my friend. There was this email from Stevie. And the friend was, so when I came out to Los Angeles, see, now I think I'm taking over your questions here probably. Like no, going I'm back in time. I'm not precious about my questions. Okay. Please. So I moved out to LA uh, like eight years ago and just wanting to do something in the entertainment industry. But okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, this isn't a question, but you're from Lancaster. You're from yes. a very close place to yes. LA. Lancaster, to California. That. It's like an hour outside of Los Angeles. It's, um, if you've ever seen like a car commercial where it's all desert and like Joshua trees is <laughs> Lancaster. I mean, they have basically just like seven Walmarts and it's a lot seven of like- Seven Walmarts? Yeah, they have a lot of Walmarts out there. Wow. It's just Joshua Trees and Walmarts? Joshua Trees and Walmarts. And okay, we'll get back to Lancaster. I just wanted to set it up for the people that like yes. you moving out to LA was was that that type of moving yes. situation. Bo- born in Pittsburgh, moved to Lancaster, California at three months old. So raised in Lancaster all the way up till I was 20. And because you're only an hour outside of LA, I knew at a very young age- that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. In fact, I knew when I was in the seventh grade because my neighbor across the street, his aunt lent us their video recorder. And it was like one of those old school, I always call them Flintstone cameras, but they're the ones you like put a VHS tape in and put it in your shoulder. It has like the eyepiece and you have to do like in-camera editing where you stop and rewind. And since we got that camera, we started making little funny sketch videos. And it's the only consistent thing I've done my whole life is like make videos. Um, So I knew then that that's what I wanted to do, but I had no connections in LA. I had no family in the business. My family was always lower middle class, relatively poor growing up. Um, So I couldn't even, they couldn't like buy me a camera to do stuff. So this is all off of someone's like borrowed camera and like a borrowed computer that a neighbor had that were making these videos. But I was very passionate about it. And like what? What? Like let's go dive into one of okay. these videos. Let's get okay. an example. Because I'm thinking like the only time I ever used cameras like that, it was always 
Barbies. Like, and <laughs> I was always Ken, but there was always Barbies and they were talking to each other and then, you know, there was no other possible videos you could make. It was, you could shoot Barbies and then that's all you could do. I have um, two- Barbies, right? It was all Barbies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In fact, we did use some Barbies, but um, I have two VHS tapes at home that are just labeled commercials on them because when I was a kid, when we started doing these, we started making- local commercials? We made commercials. (laughs) Yes, basically. Oh my God. So we did a- um, we did a, uh, um, a Got Milk commercial, and we did a Mr. Rogers commercial, and we did a lot of action figure stuff. Oh, um, Mr. Rogers commercial. <laughs> like in earnest, or like it was making fun of totally Mr. Rogers? Totally making fun, but oh, also okay. like an homage, because I loved Mr. Rogers growing up. Yeah. So it was kind of both. Um, and we started, the older we got, the kind of weirder they got. I went through a wrestling phase where I was really into wrestling. So we have buried somewhere some wrestling videos mm. where I have um, like characters that I of the wrestler that I was because I swore that I was going to be a wrestler one day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I went through a wrestling phase. In fact, I met The Rock. I met Dwayne Johnson <laughs> during my wrestling phase. My mom let me ditch school one day. So I could go and wait in line for four hours in downtown LA to meet The Rock at a book signing. Wow. And I told him that I would see him in the ring one day. (laughs) (laughs) So if we ever get Dwayne Johnson on the show, you have to let me tell think, him my story. I think we can manage that. I yes. think we can make that happen. I have the, I have his book signed. It's proof. I also thought that you were just ending your story. Sorry, Maggie told me not to lean back, and here I am <laughs> doing it. Um, I thought that you were just like, in fact, I met The Rock, and then you were going to stop there, and like, <laughs> and like it was just minute. like a bragging <laughs> yeah. moment, and I was like, I don't know where to go from here, Kevin. <laughs> I was bragging, but no, this will, <laughs> this will all get back to the email here, and it's it'll all make sense, I promise. Okay. So, so you're you're making um you're making little videos on this VHS Flintstones camera. Editing them on remember those old Macs, the big like yeah. huge Macintosh Apple computers that yeah. were like colored like neon purple. Yes. Remember those? Those were really cool. My neighbor had one, so I would use his because again, like my family was kind of poor and they couldn't buy me a computer. How would that work? So does the video camera have like a a, a cord that connects it to the computer at that it, point? Because I only did the mini DV. Like mini DVs were. Right. When I yeah. So the first phase of making these videos was VHS tape, editing on camera. So if we messed up a take, you'd rewind. Mm-hmm. So you'd always see like a short clip of the mess up, and then would like scramble and then cut to the new take. And we had um, my friend. I did it with my friends Brian and Sean. They were like my best friends growing up across the street. And he, one of them, who's a musician, would be on a keyboard doing like music and sound effects as the background. So that's that was the first like installment of videos. As time went on and they started, the VHS tapes tape started getting smaller and smaller. Um, and then we got the computer. They had like a, I think it was like a Firewire cable or something yeah. that you'd plug right in. And that Good. was like- I just a, wanted everyone to know what the setup was. The program was. we used, yes. yes. And that was like a revelation because then I remember being able to put in a song in a video was like in titles. That was the coolest thing in the world to me. I remember the first time I edited anything in that way- I was in the edit bay for like, like I it must have been like over it overnight at some yeah. point, and it was like a sixty second fake intro for something that had a that had a music track behind it, yeah. and I remember being very excited, but also like very frustrated that it had taken me that long, so long to get to, to that place. Yeah, I don't even know how we did it. We just it's just all self taught. Everything I've ever done editing has been. 
um, self-taught and just learning off of people that are really good at it. Like so Morgan. <laughs> you ditched wrestling Ditch, and yeah, you there decided was a, the video thing was where you wanted to go. Yes, because there was a phase in there of wrestling, got over that phase um, and we continued making videos and I, it sort of attracted all of the friends that I had. Like the older I got, I would take whatever video, like in high school, there was a video class, like the school show that they did every morning, like the hmm. announcements. So I took that class and we got to make sketches for that. And then um, junior college, I went to Antelope Valley College, which was a mile from my parents' house. Shout out. Shout out to AVC. Um, had some good teachers there. And I took a bunch of film classes there. did a bunch of film projects there. Um, and made some good friends there as well. And then after that, I applied and went to San Francisco State University. And I went there for two years, and I went there for creative writing because I I was also, as I was a filmmaker and I was writing sketches, I really liked writing too. And so I thought for school, I had two friends, my two best friends, uh, not Brian and Sean, other two best friends that I made. <laughs> They're all my best friends. They actually were all uh, my groomsmen at my wedding. Yeah, which is you're not cool. even you're not even not trying even to be They're nice. They're literally all my best friends. I was <laughs> yeah. like, Kevin's so nice, but like Kevin's really nice. Yeah. So, um, oh, they told me to stop not bang on the desk. I'm sorry, Maggie. I keep They're banging on this. They're always telling us what I know. not to do. You don't control me, Maggie. <laughs> so, um, I went to school for creative writing, and I went with Benny and Tony, and I was there for two years. You went with friends from home that also friends went from to... home. We oh, all like awesome. applied together, and we got in like. Just in the nick of time because we were short three credits for a math class. And we had the one teacher there that everybody said is easy because I am terrible at math. Horrible. I took one math class my first semester and it was something like embarrassing, like like algebra two or something. And I was failing. And I was like, oh, gosh. So I took statistics. If you ever are bad yes. at math and you need the credits, take statistics. Yeah. That's a great advice. We had to take a Saturday morning class. Mm. It was the only one available. And we took that and barely passed, but got the credits we needed to go to San Francisco. And I was working for, I was working at a movie theater because, you know, the whole movie thing. Mm -hmm. And I was also working at Technicolor Film Lab, which was in, it's in Burbank. That's cool. Or North Hollywood. And I got that job because I was a projectionist at the movie theater. And a friend of mine said, hey, do you want to come and do projection down at Technicolor? It's a union job. And I was like 18 years old, finishing up school, wanting to go to a, you know a university and I thought sure why not and it was great it was like 32 bucks an hour job and it was I was the youngest person doing projection at Technicolor the youngest person at Technicolor the youngest go person figure. at Technicolor and my job was to I'm going off in little side tangents but I promise we'll get to this email my job there was to run like after they printed the reels for movies i would thread them up in a projector and then play them for color timers to make sure that the prints look good hmm. i think now they send out dvds and stuff to theaters or like discs or something to theaters that using film is not as much anymore so mm -hmm. i knew that I don't being know if in that's that that's true but i'll just nod my the theater that i worked at cinemark 22 in lancaster shallow california shout, shout out, out. <laughs> oh we do shout outs on crew biscuits I, oh, okay we made that up last time we we shouted out um who did we shout out last time i i shouted out uh jennifer lawrence i, I just oh. you know um so um, you can shout you can shout out the rock and antelope valley high school and valley college yep Co lancaster yep. high school is where i went we don't have yep. to shout them out okay no, um, <laughs> no they're great um <laughs> so then uh 
this, we passed the math class. Uh, I was working for Technicolor. I was working for, at the movie theater. So I was working two jobs and going to school um, full time pretty much. And the Technicolor job, I would thread it up, play it for the color timer just to make sure the print looked good so they could send it off to the theaters. And often you would be running them for, you would be running dailies for the um, cinematographers. Sometimes the directors would come in. It was like high profile people like Clint Eastwood would come in. And I remember doing um, The Terminal and the Spielberg movie and the, I don't know if it was, it was one of the producers. I threaded it up upside down <laughs> and I didn't know. And it was like my first week. Every projector in there was different. It was I was 18 years old. I'm pretty sure I developed acid reflux from <laughs> nerves of being there. And I hit I hit start, ran it, and I went to the other uh, projector to thread up the next reel. And apparently they were trying to call me on the phone, but the phone wasn't working. Oh, no. So then I turn around and the guy is, has the phone in his hand and he's banging on the window with it. Oh, and no. he's screaming at me, but they're soundproof so I can't hear him. So I see that it's upside down and I'm like, oh God. So I had to call the chief projectionist to help me. And he ran down, he helped me. When it was over, the guy came out and basically just talked crap about me for a while and wanted- To you? To my boss, wanting to basically say fire me. What can you say other than like he put it in upside down? Yes, yeah, sorry. And the, the chief, my boss was really cool. He just came in, he's like, don't sweat it. That was all he said to me. I like the idea of someone of you saying the chief about something. That was his, he was like chief projectionist, so I always just called him chief. Hey, <laughs> chief. Okay, so how does so, this all tie into okay. the email? So um, I ended up making some money from that job, enough to where I could go to school in San Francisco or join the union and be a full-time projectionist. I went to school because San Francisco was way more enticing to me. And... Um, because always go to school, kids. Yeah, school. Always it was like go to school, uh, especially in San Francisco. It's it's so expensive now, and it was at the time I was there, but not nearly as bad. And I had a great two years there. It was an incredible experience. And then I moved back home, as you do after college, mm. not knowing what to do. I just had a degree in creative writing, <laughs> which, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do with that? I was going to ask you if your um if your parents uh. If your parent, if you were pushed into creative writing because they didn't want you to go into video, or one one of, you know, the families that are like, no, you can't get a degree in that, but you have to get a degree in this. But before I get that answer, hello, mythical beast. Greetings from the set of Buddy System season two. That's why this recording sounds a little different than um, the ear biscuit that you were just enjoying. Because we're in a trailer right now. Yeah, we're in we're in my trailer. Rhett and I have separate trailers. Um, you know, one of the <laughs> one of well, well you, that, you made it sound like there's an issue. <laughs> there's no issue. It's just we're just we're just grown men well, who need our space. We didn't ask. They just gave us two two trailers. I mean, we're both sitting in one trailer doing this right now. You could stretch the cord into your trailer if there was it an issue. It would be really awkward if I was trying to do this and not being able to hear or see you. Well, another hazard of um, being a professional actor and producer like we are right now is a a lot of people seeing you in your underwear on set. Have you noticed this? Basically, I've come to grips with the fact that the whole crew has seen both of us in our underwear multiple times and that's that's just part of it. I changed seven times, seven times last Monday and one day, I was in seven different outfits. And you can't and you find do it on an enclave. Yeah, yeah I mean, you gotta do that. Yeah. I mean, because it's it's just about efficiency. And by the way, there's lots of points in Buddy System where we're basically naked anyway, so it's like, 
there's no surprises for anybody anyway. We're all we're all friends and we're all professionals. You're raising a lot of questions that will be answered in season two of Buddy System, but that's not what this is about. This is about how proud we are, how much we look forward to at this point oh. changing and getting down into just our skivvies because you know what we've been wearing? We've been wearing me undies, the most comfortable, literally, the most comfortable underwear that you can wear and they also look good with all these patterns, and so I just look forward to the opportunity to show them off. Sometimes I just show them off, and people are like, "You changing into something else?" I'm like, "No, I'm just showing you my meundies." <laughs> I am currently wearing the light blue meundies with the dark blue flowers all over them. I'm just wearing the army green because I'm all about business today. Okay, and a little bit of camouflage. Here's the thing, guys. Uh, we highly recommend trying out some meundies, and we got a deal to sweeten it for you. Get 20% off your first pair, plus free shipping. All you gotta do is go to meundies.com slash ear. That's meundies.com slash ear to get 20% off your first pair. Meundies.com slash what? Ear. Ear. Before we get back to the biscuit, we wanna let all of you Spotify listeners know we, that's us, Rhett and Link, and Ear Biscuits. That's the podcast that you're currently listening to. Is now available on Spotify. Spotify. What, did you forget what you were saying? I looked down. You said, <clears throat> you looked down at your I note. looked down and saw podcasts. And I was like, oh no, because I wanted to read the website. But Spotify. <laughs> now available on Spotify. Go to spotify.com slash podcasts or just go to the podcast section within the browse tab when you're using Spotify on mobile. Or you could just go on Spotify and search for Ear Biscuits. Any of those ways, all of those ways, we will come up, we will be there, we won't be square, we'll be in your air. And we will be in our underwear with clothes over them. Yes. Well, it's just, well, or just the audio. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's spotify.com slash podcast. Now, back to the biscuit. So you were asking so me. The, the teaser was: Did your family bully you into one degree or another uh, when it when it came to college? And uh, the answer is a very simple no. My parents are really awesome. I was very lucky with great parents and great brothers, great family. Um, so no, they supported me in any endeavor I have ever wanted to go on. They they would back it. For me, it was just always a balance between I love writing and I love editing and filmmaking. And the two are mutually exclusive, but when you go to school, you gotta pick one or the other. Yeah. And I just chose writing. I was just in the phase of it at the time. I, um, just to talk about myself for a second. Please. Uh, I too knew that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry, but when I was a kid, I either wanted to be an actor, that is not something <laughs> that as I grew older, uh, I was comfortable with. In fact, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about is as soon as the cameras start rolling, I get very self-conscious, um, <laughs> which people have commented on GMM, like, why is Stevie always hiding behind something? Well, it's a lot easier that way. Um, I wanted to be a, an actor, an entertainment lawyer. Ooh. Or a producer. Okay. And I feel like my parents were like, please don't <laughs> um, and they were like, "Please be an entertainment lawyer." But I, I did, I, I chose in between right. the two that I could have. Anyway, that's, that's and good, now though. back to Kevin. Hey, back to me now. I'm going to keep on rambling. So, um, I after school, I moved back home as you do, and I was trying to figure out what to do, and I bounced around a lot of random jobs. I, I have worked a lot of random jobs. Um, a lot of retail jobs. Uh, so general ones are like Blockbuster Video. I oh, that's so cool. I, I was just thinking about when I was little, 
I would go to Blockbuster at least once or twice a oh, week. Yeah. But it would get to the point where I had seen everything on the shelves. Like I, as soon as I saw a movie that I hadn't seen, I was like, is this appropriate for me to <laughs> yes. watch? Because I haven't seen it and it looks good. When anyway, I worked at Blockbuster, very, very they cool. let you have five free rentals a week. That's pretty. That's uh, that means no social life. That means no social life. Yeah. Lots and lots of movies. Um, I as I worked at uh, the movie theater. I worked for Tower Records for a brief time. You had really cool jobs. Yeah, those were I some at of the Build a Bear, <laughs> and that I feel like if I looked at myself, I would understand that as well. Yes. And but that's I mean you're a lot cooler than I am. Well, so. I also worked for T-Mobile for a while. And I worked for, uh, I hung posters um, for a local fair once for a while. Hmm. Got my first paycheck doing that. I wrote um, music reviews for a website called Prefix Mag, shout out. (laughs) 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 And I got my first check as a writer from Prefix Mag for $6. (laughs) Six dollars for one article. Dollars for writing one article, yes. But hey, it was kind of cool. I was like, I got paid for writing. That's cool. Yeah, that's Um, nice. And uh, and then I worked for a hotel company for a long time. I saw Uh, that on your resume that I have. A very long time. Uh, And that was like, I chose that because I thought about going to grad school, but this job popped up, and I thought I can travel with this job, and I did. Like I got to go to Holland, and I got to go to Ireland, Mm. and I had my first trip to New York, and I went to Napa Valley. Had a lot of cool trips from that job, so it was good for what it was. Um, And then finally, my friend uh, Benny, who I went to college with, Tony's still there. Yes, Tony is still still in college. In no, he's still in San Francisco because that is. An interesting problem. <laughs> a long student, yes. No, Tony's still in San Francisco. A long um, student. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, right? Sort of. So uh, Benny finished grad school, and then he said, I'm moving to L.A., and I want you to move in with me. And I was like, I want to do that too, but I'm working at this hotel job, and um, I, you know, it's a long commute, and I don't know if I want to do it, but because Benny was in the same boat. He wanted to be an actor, and he knew I wanted to do work in the entertainment industry. So he was like, look, I'm going to move now, and you, I think my recommendation is for you to move out here with me, and then you can start looking for what you really want to do because you'll be here. You just won't keep putting it off. And it was actually really great advice. So I did have to commute for a while, but I was actively looking for stuff here in town because I was trying to figure out how, like, you you know, the infamous saying of, like, getting your foot in the door somewhere. Yeah. Um, which is the hardest thing to do when you have no connections and no family members I mean, in the but business. You were at Technicolor. I was at Technicolor, yes, as the youngest projectionist <laughs> ever there. <laughs> so, um, so I moved out here and we uh, we joined a sketch comedy group called Good Form Peter. Uh, a shout out. They're dead now. Um, they no longer exist. Not like physically dead, but the group is dead. That um, was going down a <laughs> yes. path I did not think was going <laughs> yes. to go down. Um, and we did a few sketches and it kind of lit the flame of like, this is what I have been doing my whole life and this is what I want to do. And we realized the two of us, we should just start our own. We were doing it with a group of people and we weren't really doing what we wanted to do. So we started our own sketch comedy group called Joy Camp. And shout out Joy Camp. And this was the like, it was like I was applying for jobs to be an editor or a writer. Nothing was working. And when we started this, it was the beginning of everything for me. So the two of us got together with a couple of other good friends. Uh, our friend Delman, who is Lee Newton's now mm-hmm. husband. Yes. Um, who's a, one of the funniest guys I've ever met my whole life. Um, my friend Nick. 
and uh, and and my brother, my brother would do all the shooting for us, um, and a few other friends. And so we started this group, and we started making videos for YouTube, and they they did okay. They did pretty well. We got like up to like seventeen thousand subscribers, and we found our little niche audience, and it was it opened all the doors for me in this business because, first of all, it taught me like but to get better at editing, better at writing, just mm-hmm. more efficient in general, lighting, all the stuff that it takes to do like what we do here basically. Yeah. And so I built my resume doing that. And then that's how I started getting my freelance editing jobs was from that. And um, I did a, uh, I, I worked for Roseanne Barr. That is noted in my notes yes. right now. Should I go, should we go? I'm sorry, you go to your email, but I do want to talk about your resume and your cover letter to okay. me because it, it, it is funny how directly it So I'll get to the email and we'll come back to that. Okay. So uh, it got me a lot of jobs, including this one here at Mythical Entertainment, because your email you sent to Studio 71, I believe. Mm-hmm. My friend Mitch was working for Studio 71 in the New York office. Um, I don't think he does anymore, but he was at the time. So they sent it to him. Saying, hey, do you know anybody that, that will fit so this? That is so nice that they were spreading the word like that. <laughs> yes. Mitch sent it to Nick. Uh, the, they're in a YouTube group called The Clunes, which are great. And uh, Nick knew that I had been putting feelers out for a job, so he sent it to me because Nick had, was doing Clunes stuff and he, he didn't need a job. So he sent it on to me, and I read it, and I was a re- as I was reading it, I was like, this sounds great. Like, this sounds like totally right up my alley. So I drafted up my email that I sent to uh, I sent it to Nick or to Mitch. Mitch said he'll sing my praises, and I got really excited. And like I said, it was very exciting for me to get that email because I was on the search for a couple of months, and my my bank account was just depleting, living off of savings. I was getting nervous. The holidays were coming up. I went to Trader Joe's. I got an application. I was like, I can do that for a little while till the work comes in. And my unemployment, so this is how crazy this is. I came home one day, like kind of beaten down from just nothing panning out. And I opened the mailbox and I had my last unemployment check. Literally, like literally the last check that I got from unemployment. I go inside and I'm like, okay, what the heck am I going to do? I got my Trader Joe's application, open up my laptop and I had an email from you. Oh my On the exact God. day. And I just thought like, it's too good to be true. So... Um, then you basically set up an interview for me mm-hmm. at the old office, mm-hmm. which I came into. I was very excited about it and very nervous because it was like the three of you guys in the room. It was like Rhett and Link. Who I'd I always never forget met that about interviews, period. Whenever I have the guys in an interview, I'm always, I always forget that for whoever we're interviewing, it, it, it makes things even more like you know heightened, <laughs> yes. like the anxiety levels so much more it was heightened. Like, it was a long also, time. Also, they're very tall. They are really tall. And yeah. it was shocking. Like they were sitting like on one side of me and you were like on the other side of me. So I was like flanked. I need to be better about <laughs> yes. like interview etiquette. I remember even when I interviewed with them way back when we met at a coffee shop and we were standing in line to get food and I was trying to talk to them. At the, I, I knew who they were at the time, but, you know, and I was like looking like I literally was like trying to. Like, it was this situation, and I was like, I'm not – this is – I hope I'm coming off yeah. okay. But, like – anyway, sorry. So, interviewed. I also have a um, – when you came in for your interview, it was such a small studio, and I think that yes. you were really excited. So, you were talking at a volume that was uh, – You could hear me, bro. Louder <laughs> than oh, you no. talk in <laughs> yeah. real life. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, 
this guy talks so loud. <laughs> but I was like, he's so nice and he totally gets it and he's a podcast fan yes, and I really want to have him and let's hope that he doesn't talk that loud in real life. <laughs> yeah. And then you didn't. And I was like, okay, good. <laughs> it was probably the nerves. Um, just like you're kind of like put under a microscope in those situations and like the natural reactions just to talk really loud because <laughs> that'll make me better for some reason. Um, I was dripping sweat when I came out. I didn't know if you guys knew that, but I walked out. The first thing I did when I got home was take a shower. But oh when I God. when I closed the door behind me, I could hear you guys. Oh, kind no. Of, and I, but I couldn't tell what you said and it made it even more nerve wracking because I either thought you guys said, well, that well, he was awesome. Or, well, he was awful. Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't know which one. So, like, the whole time, I'm like, no, it was awesome. They we said also awesome. probably didn't say either you one of those You probably didn't say either. It was probably you something unrelated. Yeah. yeah, it was all in my head. But, like, the whole drive home, I'm like, they think I'm awesome. <laughs> no, they probably, they think I'm awful. They think I'm awful. I'm not getting the job. No. <laughs> but then, I don't know, it was a few days later, I got another email, and I was so pumped. Because it was, like, a little trial run thing that you guys gave me, um, which I did, and I, I think I did really well on it. And then I got, you gave me the, offer me the position and it was like the beginning of December. Yeah. But I wasn't starting till January. Yeah. But it was the best Christmas gift ever because it was like, That's I know I have so a job nice. in January and now I get to enjoy the holidays like with my friends and family. So it was like, I mean, you should have seen like when I told Kate, she was like jumping for joy. Well, but, let's jump to Kate for a moment because <laughs> okay. I have a good Kate story too. Well, I mean, that's no, that's. That's really amazing. <laughs> you do have that a good Kate fate, story. That fate, <laughs> yes. uh, which is a word that rhymes with Kate, uh, is is amazing. And I'm glad that you're still here. And I feel yes. like you've been here for a very long I time. I know. I'm old school. Um, Kate is your wife yes. now. She used to be your girlfriend. Then she was your fiance. Yes. Girlfriend for like she... 10 years. Really? It was o- that long? On and off for 11 years. And then we got married. And we've wow. been married for uh, almost a year now. How's it going? It's people always ask, like, "How's married life?" And I'm like, "It's the same." <laughs> like, yeah, it's exact. It's literally exactly the same, but it's great. But Kate has a secret that's not <laughs> actually a secret. Kate is a twin. She is identical twin. Can we talk about that for a second? Like, yeah, how does sure. that like? So, how did you guys meet? So, how did how do twins meet other people? No, <laughs> I, actually, meet? I have a uh, I made a video about how we met for. Um, Sorry, I didn't see that one. For my, no, you know, I didn't. I I meant to slack it to everybody uh, after the wedding, and then I forgot. Hmm. Um, but I made it specifically for the wedding. Ah. And um, it's a uh, it's one of those it's like a spoof of like the drunk history thing mm. um, with uh, her sister and I. But I recorded them. The twist was they didn't know they were being recorded. I just got audio of them, and then I had Delman and my friend Benny play their parts and reenact the whole story. But um, it's Wait, actually and you piece together audio clips from them so that told the story without them knowing. So M was one night she. We've got to put this somewhere, by the way. Now that we're talking about it, I'll, or just cut to a clip. I'll, I'll be happy to share it. Yeah, let's um, cut to a it's, clip. It's on my personal YouTube channel. It's the only um, public video on my personal YouTube channel because mm-hmm. I use that for like when I'm sending drafts of editing things yeah. to people. Um, but uh, that tells the whole story pretty much in full. But we met in high school through my girlfriend at the time, Cassie. Ooh. Yes. That's my girlfriend's name. <laughs> yes, it is. She's awesome, too. Cassie's My girlfriend? Best. Yes. Or your Cassie? Uh, she was cool, but your girlfriend's awesome. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we kind of knew each other off and on in high school. And then one day uh, I moved to San Francisco and my first summer after living there for a year, I went camping at the Kern River. 
and the Kern River is not far from LA. Most people don't know it. It's a couple hours away. But it was something that I did with my guy friends frequently. And uh, unbeknownst to me, it was something that she did with her family for a long time. And we just so happened to be there at the exact same time and just so happened to have a mutual friend that was there that knew that we were both there that brought everybody together. And that's pretty much where we hit it off and then kind of dated on and off ever since. Yeah, at the Kern River. Um, And there's a lot more to the story, but it's all in that video that I'll be happy to share. We'll link to it and we'll cut to a clip. (laughs) Yes. so so in high school you were like oh there are these two there are these twin yes, girls that twin are twin girls her. yeah but they're identical identical twins and they, they've like isn't there a story where they they did fool you once or you almost were fooled they well they they did um that's like a very common twin question for them is if they ever like traded places and stuff and they did I but never they specifically did they remember a story about they've them. done it like uh, here and there they've done it like on the phone you can't tell who which is which yeah it's very difficult so there's been many times where i've called and em's picked up the phone and i've talked to her for 20 minutes thinking <laughs> it was Kate. so Wait, little things like, like she's that. actively trying to fool you yes. or she just wanted to talk to you for like actively minutes. trying to fool me wow. <laughs> yeah. so there's been a lot of things like that along the way but never anything like super crazy i this is my kate story um <laughs> and i can't remember was it at v- was it after VidCon? It was after some kind of convention in which, or some trip I was taking with Rhett and Link, and whenever I go with Rhett and Link anywhere, they get approached by a lot of people, um, and then I am standing there, so they have to say something to me, like, oh, and Stevie, we know who you are, too. Um, and so I was in this mindset where <laughs> that week yes. had been uh, a lot of people approaching me and talking about the show, and... Um, and I was I was feeling pretty good about the show, but like I I had a, a business lunch in our neighborhood mm-hmm. in Los Feliz. Um, that's as specific as I'm gonna get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I was on the phone on the on the way to a meeting, and I like glanced to my side. I was waiting for the light to change and for me to to cross the sidewalk. And there was a really pretty girl who was like in her 20s, and mm-hmm. she was wearing a GMM hoodie. But she was also wearing sunglasses and a hat. Yeah. And I was like, for my first thought was, oh man, I really don't want to like, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what this interaction is going to be. Yeah. Like, we're waiting to cross the sidewalk. I don't know what she's going to say to me. I'm on the phone. I have to go to this meeting. This is really like, I, I just panic when anyone approaches me. I just like, I panic. Yeah. Um, and did you teach me the technique? I think of like uh, asking somebody what their name is. Yes, Some, I think yeah. I did tell you that. Because that's uh, what <laughs> yeah. I use now is yes. like I'm, I immediately go to what's your name? Because I'm like, oh, that's a sentence I yes. can complete right now at this yes. moment. Um, and so here I am thinking like, well, I feel really good about our show <laughs> because we're in this cool neighborhood <laughs> and this cool girl's wearing our sweatshirt and I'm standing right here and we have fans. And then what, how, wait, how did how did I find out it was Kate? Like You texted you, me. The same time that she texted me. <laughs> yes. Because I thought that it, I, I had thought about it and then was like, oh, wait. Like, yeah. I had to rationalize the situation. She, I think to she's, she was like saying hi, but you were like kind of in your nervous like reaction to her. And it, I think it came off to you in your mind. It came off as like you dissed her. And to her in her mind, she came off as someone creepy. <laughs> so I got both these. I got a text message on one end from Kate thinking, I, I just creeped out Stevie. And one from you, I think I just dissed your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then we saw, we resolved it, yeah, and um, and it was all good, yeah. But the day that I do see 
a cute girl in her 20s wearing a GMM <laughs> sweatshirt and Los yeah. Feliz. That'll it's, be cool. Who's yeah. not your wife? Yes. Um, yes. I think that'll feel that'll feel pretty pretty cool. Now I do have one story that I have shared with you at the time, but with not with any of the viewers, which is my proposal. Mm. And I don't know how much time we have. are we good on time right now because we're okay. Okay, so uh, I'll again I'll keep this one to just the highlights. Um, but this is like one of my favorite stories because it involves me almost dying. Um, as well as Kate, too, hmm. <laughs> and her whole family. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, my proposal story, storybook proposal story. We, um, we, went for, we were camping in Wrightwood, which is um, a great camping place outside of L.A. that uh, not a lot of people here know for some weird reason, which is what makes it great. And we, it's a, been a ritual that we go there and we go on these long hikes up this thing called Mount Baden-Powell. This thing, it's a mountain. We hike up a mountain <laughs> called Mount Baden-Powell. It's a, a very steep, long hike. It takes like two and a half to three hours to get up and a little shorter getting down. Um, but it's very steep. And we've done it pretty much every year that we've like this been together. This doesn't sound... Like, yeah. like, like at the top, is there like this oasis where you're like, everything's yes. beautiful yes. here? It okay. is. It's once you get to the top, it's so rewarding that you've made it to the okay. top. And then you can kind of chill out and eat I'm some food. And there's fine. there's a log up there that we like carved our names into years and years ago. And so I thought that'd be a great spot to do that. And since and her I, whole family knew that you were going to do that. They did. And it was okay. her whole family um, and me and her. And then one one of our friends was with us, too. Um, and we were just all like a big camping group for a couple days. Did she there. have any idea that this was coming? She kind of had an inclination. Yeah. yeah. She kind of knew. Um, wasn't positive, but she kind of knew. And so what I did was as long as I've been with her, I've always made um, what I call like video albums of like pictures compiled together of our time together. But I edit it to, you know, like cool music. Like virtual, and... like digital scrapbooks. Yes, exactly. Okay. And I've been doing that forever. Um, it's it's. Uh, Did you know that the iPhone, the new... Um, does it have like an app it, that does it this? It is crazy. Really? Yes. Like you can, you go to your camera. Should I... Should, mm, okay, maybe I'll see it? I just want to show you. I want to see it because this I'm will save show, me a lot of time in the show future. The camera as well. It and I was like, I was playing with this for a very long time because it's very creepy. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. So here is. Let me see if it does it with this one. Okay. So here is this photo I just shared on Instagram oh, of yes. one of the scenes in Buddy System okay. that I really like. Okay. So when you're in the, your photos, you just scroll up. And then it has related albums. I don't know if you've seen this feature. Uh, I have. So then let's say I want to click on um, July 13th, which also looks like season one of Buddy System. Okay. Then I can press play right here. And it starts doing a slideshow. Not only does it do a slideshow. With music? No. Let's see. Oh, no, there's music. Is it from your library? Oh my gosh. Well, I'll never have to make one of those and, ever again. No, and look at this. Also, there's choices for what you want the music to be. Oh my gosh. So dreamy, sentimental, gentle, chill, happy, uplifting, epic. Let's see, epic. You just go to epic and... I bet it's going to play epic music. Mm. It is. It's like a, it's a trailer. And it's kind of in sync, too. 
Well, now I'm not going to be as cool if I make another one of those videos. How? How? <laughs> that? Like, come on. You cannot not play with that feature for hours. I'm going to admit it. Hours. Oh, I'll be playing with that for hours tonight <laughs> after this podcast for sure. Okay. I'm sorry. So that's what you did. I did that a lot. By putting so, like labor into it and like making it yes. a cute thing. So okay. I, I made that for the proposal, which I could only show on my laptop. So I had to bring my laptop oh, no. up on the hike, which was a long hike, like I said. And um, it was much harder to get up there having a laptop backpack on you. But we made it to the top. I opened it up, showed the video to everybody, did the proposal. It was beautiful. Like the sun was out. I'm guessing at the point when you took out your laptop is when she really knew something was up. Yeah, she was like, huh, are we about to watch a movie or something? (laughs) (laughs) Now that we're up on top of this mountain, (laughs) let's watch a movie. That went great. We all kind of celebrated and, you know, cheers and all that. And then we made our way. Did she cry? Uh, did you cry? Everybody did. Everyone cried. Yeah, everyone cried. Um, and then we made our descent down the mountain, and we noticed in the far-off distance there was this big plume of smoke coming up. Oh, yes, I know this story. It turns out that there was a big accident on the freeway, which was, like, not terribly far from the campgrounds, but far enough. And it just kind of had the gave this, like, sort of, like, ominous gloom to, to everything in that direction. And then we made our way back to town where we usually stop and have dinner after the hike. And we saw it on the news. There's this big accident and this fire. And then the, then it got really windy. Out in that area, there's like high winds that are intense. And we go back to our campsite and the campsite is completely destroyed. The tents, everything blown over, toppled over on the ground. So we start cleaning up and putting things away and putting our tents back up. And during that time, Kate started feeling really sick. So she comes down with the flu and she's now throwing up. So she's throwing up and the campsite's back together, but it's really windy. And she says, I'm going to go to bed early. It was like eight o'clock. So I said, okay, I will too. It's tired from the hike. So we go to bed. She's kind of intermittently getting up to throw up and then to come. Sorry, Kaden, that's a little embarrassing. But <laughs> coming back in the tent. And then we finally fall asleep. Everybody falls asleep. And then I'm awoken by the sound of our friend Shannon saying, guys, guys, guys. And then I hear sirens. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I thought I was dreaming. Open the tent. Shannon is leaning in. She's like, the mountain is on fire and we're being evacuated. I was like, come again? (laughs) So it's like. Pip, pip. Nice seeing you. Goodbye. In a total daze, you know, you get out of the tent and you and I look around and it's everything's like kind of coming to me and I see a cop coming around with sirens going and he's on his loudspeaker saying, everybody must evacuate the mountain. The mountain is on fire. This is not a drill. I repeat, this is not a drill. And I see all these campgrounds like rushing, packing up. And me and Shannon are the only ones up in our campground. So I like have to wake Kate up. And the thing about Kate and Emma is when they get into deep sleeps... They do not wake up. Especially when they have the flu. Especially when they have the flu. So it's panic starts to set in and her dad and mom wake up and then I'm like trying to piece things together and I'm trying to wake up her sister who will not wake up. She is out cold. M, Emily, M, the mountain's on fire. Wake up, M. And she's just laying there dead (laughs) asleep. And her boyfriend gets up and he was trying to wake her up and that wouldn't work. And everybody's kind of taking their time, like putting like like the mom, her mom is like folding the table. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like the mountain is on fire. The cop comes around a second time. The siren's blazing. I repeat, this is not a drill. I, I look around. 
everybody else is gone except for us. <laughs> so I, so Shannon went into M's tent and she took the air mattress and started doing this up and down with it. And Emily is like flopping around like a fish out of water, still dead asleep. And then I, I get Kate up and she's helping me. And at this point, I'm grabbing everything I can grab and throwing it into the car. And her dad's kind of doing the same. A cop comes, the cop comes around the third time. And he says, this is your final warning. You have to get off the mountain now. The fire is closing in on the only exit on this mountain. If you do not get off, you are stuck on this mountain. And, and he's very that stern about That doesn't seem very helpful, No, though. not at all. Like, can you get like, out and give us a hand, cop, maybe? Yeah, wouldn't... He was like, just looking out for himself. this is your final warning <laughs> yes. that your life is in jeopardy. Gotta go. Bye. Yeah, see ya. So... We f- I'm like at this point kind of yelling at everybody just to get him. We get Emily up. She immediately starts crying just because she's like in a daze, doesn't know what's going on. We're yelling at her. So she's crying. I put her in the car. I get Kate in the car. We get everything that we can get packed up. And then Emily's boyfriend runs off to his car. He has a flat tire. So yes. he's driving down the thing in a flat tire. Oh, yes. I remember. Everything gets progressively worse. <laughs> yes. I get in our car, and then Don gets in the camper that we have, the truck that pulls the camper. And he's behind me, and I still see Carolyn, her mom, trying to get stuff off the campground, like folding up chairs. <laughs> and I'm, like, leaning out the window like, Carolyn, get in the truck. Let's go. So she gets in the truck, and we finally start driving off, and we turn the bend, and they were not kidding. The fire was coming over the top of the mountain. We were driving into the flames. It was, my heart was beating like, am I going to be able to drive off this mountain? And if not. And there was no one like in front of you or No one in front of us. No one around. It's pitch black except for these gigantic flames coming over the hill. At those moments, you kind of think like, isn't there someone in the world right now that's supposed to tell me what I'm supposed to do right now? Kind of, yes. You know? It was, it was honestly like in the moment, it's fun to tell it now, but in the moment, it was absolutely terrifying. Because like the heart's beating really fast. I'm driving into the flames and I'm thinking, is the exit going to be closed? And if it is, what the heck are we going to do? Turn around, ditch the car and run down this dark mountain in the middle of the night, probably. So we we're going. At least you had a plan. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Running down a dark mountain away from the fire. We're going down the winding road and we come around the last bend. And I'm like, fingers crossed, please, please, please. And sure enough, the flames hadn't quite hit it yet, and it was open. So they kind of waved us through. We drove down the street. Even um, M's boyfriend at the time, he got his car off with a flat tire, and he parked it there. And then we go, and we pull off the street, and now M has come down with the flu. So M and K are on the side of the road. It's like 3 in the morning, throwing up on the side of the mountain. And I'm standing in the middle of the street, seeing like her family <laughs> on the street, looking at this mountain that's just <laughs> engulfed in flames. <laughs> Story that is a good proposal. proposal. Story. <laughs> yes. Um, and I can't wait to see the video that you used before the fire, before yes. the actual fire, but after the romantic fire yes. of your hearts. <laughs> yes. Well, Kevin, I think that's our time. Okay. Thank you. I mean, I just arbitrarily determined that. Yeah, that's good. You have to stop me because otherwise I could just keep going on and on forever. Thank you so much for being on Crew Biscuits. It was great to be here. Um, If you want more Crew Biscuits, let us know uh, in the comments below. And thank you for listening and for watching This is Mythical and subscribing. You've been a great audience. You're the best. Why, hello, Stevie. Hi. How's it going? Uh, so, I, well, everything's going well, except for the fact that I totally forgot to ask you to sign the table of dim lighting, and I'm here on the buddy system set, and I thought that if I did not get you to sign it, I would not be able to sleep at night. 
You know what? I would love to because I actually have not slept a single night since. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and... You connected earlier. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm just leaving Rhett and Link's office because that's where I work when they're off filming Buddy System. And now I'm in, I'm in the Ear Biscuits room. There's a pen on the table. So should I just sign anywhere? Uh, I think that to be fair to Alex and the rest of the crew that I'm having on Crew Biscuits, you got to go underneath. Okay, that sounds good to me. Um, okay, I'm dropping down now. I'm gonna set the phone down because I need. Here, here the pen. Okay, here comes the pen cap. Okay, you hear that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, listen close. I'm gonna sign. You hearing this? Yep. Okay, first name's done. <laughs> here comes the last name. Yeah, my last name is kind of long, but uh, Stevie, you'll be happy to know that I have signed the table. Yeah, yes. thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Stevie. Sleep well. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So it's been two and a half years that I've worked here, and I finally got my name on the table, which is awesome. Now, Alex signed the table before me. He's back here. You can't really see it. It's a little bit of a scribble. He kind of dramatically decreased the value of this table, so I'm hoping that my signature has brought that value back up. But in all seriousness, it's an honor to be on this table here. Thanks, guys.